like a word. About writing for children and young adults. You're listening to Weed Like a Word. With me, Stephen Colgan. And me, Paul Waters. And our guest is Serena Patel, author of Anisha, Accidental Detective. Dun, dun, dun. Hello. Hello. And we should say before we go on that you're not listening to Weed Like a Word. You're listening to this shortlisted for book podcast of the year. Weed Like a Word. I know, I know. But it's been a day of ups and downs. Because we, we got the official notification that um, we're in the final six for the books podcast of the year, uh, as voted for by people to do with the London Book Fair. And uh, the judging was good. We got inv- a lovely invite to a big gala ceremony at the London Book Fair Free next drink, week. probably. Free drink, canapes, bubbly. Yay! And then they cancelled the London Book Fair because of coronavirus. So I think we'll probably just get sent our you didn't win notice through the post or something, will we? <laughs> well, that's been a bit pessimistic. <laughs> Well, or, or, well, yeah, they could just send the trophy through the post, I suppose. But uh, That's true. Is there any That's money true. involved? <laughs> well, I don't know. Probably not, but it'd be good if there was. Yeah. But just, just send the bubbly. Let's just not sound ungrateful. Just send the bubbly. And in other news, I have oh, a yes. publishing date-ish for my book, Blackwater Town, kind of June-July. July primarily, but I'm hoping to slip it into June for... Ireland yeah, because you're, you're trying to catch a particular season in Ireland. Don't everyone you? goes on holiday on the yeah. 1st of July in Northern Ireland to celebrate the 12th, the marching season, all that sort of thing. Indeed. So um, Northern Ireland empties until September or else the people who are still there are busy marching. It's a burglar's charter. Mm-hmm. It's great. All the houses are empty in Northern mm-hmm. Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good news. I'm looking at different cover designs. and uh, Well, I've seen some of the cover designs. They're, not, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. There is green involved. There, there is. There, well, of course there is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, anyway, enough enough about us. Let's hear from Serena. You've been exposing yourself <laughs> to all sorts of infection today at <laughs> primary schools across London. Tell us what you've been doing. I have. So I've been to two schools today in South London, uh, talking to about 300 children, all about the new series, Anisha Accidental Detective, and talking to them about what it's like to be an author, how I became an author and the process of putting a book together and how many people that involves. Can you just repeat all that for us? <laughs> that would do fine. <laughs> OK, tell us all that, what you told them, and that's, hey, that's this that's the show. Done. That's the Entire show. segment. <laughs> now, you, you do say series. You've got another one coming out in September. I, I have, it, yes. Called School... Schools Cancelled. Schools Cancelled, isn't it? How yes. well organised. Yeah, isn't it organised? I know, I know. And now, is it Schools Cancelled because of coronavirus? Or No. <laughs> Um, so the school's cancelled because Anisha and her friend Milo accidentally flood the school with foam whilst they're doing a science do. experiment uh, as they're preparing for the National School Science Fair. So that's what happens and they have to figure out who has sabotaged them. And then there's a third book coming out in the spring next year. Very well organised. Fantastic. If there was crunching sound there, that was me. You've got a biscuit. With my you? special Oxfam oh, ginger crunchy biscuit. They're really nice. Who gives away yeah. second-hand biscuits to Oxfam? I know. Well, I thought I'd better buy them up. Um, <laughs> yes, third book. So the third book we think may possibly be called Road Trip. That's a working title. Right. Coming out in the spring, and it's all to do with the family going on a a family road trip and getting themselves into trouble as they do quite frequently through the series. It's a really nice looking book. So it's Anisha Accidental Detective. It's kind of pink and yellow. And then there's Anisha and her friend and a friend's cat. Great pictures uh, by Emma McCann, I should say. Her friend Milo. Yeah, oh yeah, Emma McCann. Good to link up with her. Really 
bright and happy and yeah, you know, lively looking. Anisha is 10 and she loves science, she loves books, she loves all things calm and logical. And ideally, Anisha, if she had her own way, would just sit in a corner with a book and hide away from her family because they're quite annoying and loud and constantly getting themselves into trouble. So she would like to do that. Unfortunately, her auntie Bindi, who is quite dramatic, is about to get married to Uncle Tony and what happens is the day before the wedding a note is slipped through the door and Auntie Bindi is already having a meltdown because she's got a huge zit on her nose and the flowers are all wrong and there's a number of things that are going wrong and this note comes through the door and the the note says that Uncle Tony has been kidnapped and will not be returned unless the wedding is cancelled and Anisha kind of looks back into the house and thinks shall I tell the grown-ups what's happened you know, because that's what you would do, right? No, you know? no, uh, never. But she looks and sees that Auntie Bindi's already sort of at crisis point and decides, no, it's probably not a good idea to tell the grown-ups. I, I know what I'll do. I'll go and find my friend Milo and we'll try and suss this out ourselves, which is what she does. And Milo, who is her best friend, thinks that he is an animal whisperer which he, I'm not sure he quite is, but he's, his intentions are good. This is, he's got AI, yes. animal intelligence. Yes, he's absolutely convinced of that fact. And so they kind of go off on a mission to figure out what's happened and all of the family are behaving suspiciously. So that leads them off on several different paths before they can Yeah, but you can't tell, no us, spoilers, tell us. No spoilers, no spoilers. No, no, no spoilers. There's a lot of 10-year-olds listening to this. They'll be very <laughs> upset if you spoil it. Now, you mentioned about her being quite sort of quiet and dare I say geeky yes I couldn't help notice there was, noticing there's a bit of a Douglas Adams bit right on page one I think it is there's a little <laughs> bit of a sort of Douglas Adams nod there and the fact that she's reading Life the Universe and everything yes <laughs> but, I mean when you're writing a book for kids that age do you put stuff in for the adults as well because some of these books are going to be read by parents to kids do you put things in because I know when like the asterisk books. yeah when I was when I was growing up and, and indeed when I had my kids and indeed my grandkids now when I've been reading stuff to them, I've quite often spotted things and I've gone, <clears throat> and they've gone, what is it, Grampy? And you go, no, nothing, nothing. But it's a joke that's there for me. For you. Have you put some I of think, those in? There seems uh, to be one there at least. I, I'm, I'm not sure I've done it consciously, perhaps because I'm a grown-up now. Perhaps you do kind of slip these things in that are from your sort of era without really meaning to. Um, I know somebody who's reading it at the moment um, had tweeted and said their daughter thought that it was hilarious. There were quite a few references to old Bollywood movies in the book. Yeah, yeah. And she said, her daughter had said, oh, mum, you like all this kind of stuff. And so, and the, the mum said, oh, I knew the words to the song straight away. So, and I, I suppose I'd put that in there because that was something from my generation. Yeah. So. It, can, it can be tricky sometimes because, of course, you write about what you know. Yeah. And, and you write from, you're the sum of everything that you've been through and and it's sometimes I know we had Joel Morris great comedy writer on a few episodes ago he's the guy who wrote the adult ladybird books the spoof ladybird books he's mm-hmm. one of the writers of those and Paddington and, and Paddington movies. the movie and things like that and 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 he was saying on his own podcast the other day that you can tell that writers sometimes have kind of lost a little bit of traction what the real world is like he said the, the dead giveaway is when a comedy writer writes a a, a gag like a sketch about an advert, and it's and it's like three minutes long. Do you need car insurance? Because <laughs> it's not like that now. Adverts now are like six words, bang, 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 yeah. because the attention spans are so much shorter. And uh, I remember saying to him a little while ago that um, I was talking to some people I was working with who were all in their early 30s, and they'd never heard of Kenny Everett. And they'd never heard of a lot of people who were the great comedy people in the 80s who, maybe because they weren't quite politically correct or, you know, some of the sexual politics, they, they never re-showed the shows. Mm. So a whole generation 
has grown up without them. It's like my kids, who are now in their 30s, grew up without Doctor Who. Yeah. They grew up during the era when Doctor Who wasn't on television. And if it hadn't been for the fact I force-fed them old Doctor Who's, <laughs> they would never have known Doctor Who existed. Yeah. So it's always something you've got to bear in mind, I suppose, when you're writing with kids, that you keep it current for them. But Relevant, you don't put too yeah. many things in that are sort of, you know, they just won't care. That's it. It's a balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But that's what a great editor is there for, because oh, they'll God. kind of rein you we in. We love editors. <laughs> we love good editors. Oh, tell us about your editor. So my editor is uh, Stephanie at Osborne, and she has been just instrumental, really, in shaping the series. When I came to her, Anisha was, I would say, two-thirds formed, really, and what she's done is helped me fill her out as a character and to really shape the story so that it was interesting and entertaining all the way through without kind of any sort of saggy bits, as it were. Um, and, <laughs> saggy bits. You know, and she's helped me see a kind of future for Anisha beyond the first book as well because when I was writing it, I didn't see it as a series. And having gone to Osborne now, you know, we've got two more books mm. and I can see further adventures for Anisha. So, and that's all because of having a good editor. That's Stephanie King at Osborne. Stephanie King at Osborne. Okay, well, Stephanie King. Yeah, thumbs, thumbs up. up to Stephanie thumbs King. <laughs> I must say, when I saw it was by Osborne, my, my first instinct was to look through and see if there was a little duck in it. <laughs> Do you know the thing about Osborne, little ducks? <laughs> the, oh, the, yeah. When the old Osborne books, there was always a hidden little duck ah. in their books. But I think it was only books by a certain artist. Good bit in this. Every now and then you have an asterisk by some word. So if people who are not from a South Asian background, there are various words they won't get. And you have little footnotes, we do. which is unusual. For instance, towards the back, uh, the granny, is it? Uh, yeah, the granny is cooking up a mountain of treats. She's making parata. What would you say a parata was? So in the book, we describe it as a flatbread. Um, okay. I would probably even go further than that to say it's almost like a chapati. If you've ever had a chapati, it's like that. But the flour has a different sort of spice and taste to it. And what was your favourite type of parata? I don't know, to be honest. The obvious answer and only correct answer is aloo parata, which is potato parata. Mm. And I have to say, controversial (laughs) thing for anyone listening in Ireland, aloo paratas are actually more delicious than potato bread. Freshly made aloo parata is better than the best. You've just sunk your book in Belfast. You know that, don't you? It's a controversial (laughs) thing. You've just sunk your book. I grew up loving potato bread, but aloo Mm. parata, I'm afraid, is even better. And if you ate it every morning, you'd be the size of a house. <laughs> and also there's another thing uh, like uh, near the start on page 14. Two of the adults, one calls the other one Didi. Or... Uh, Didi. 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 And so tell us about that then. So uh, Didi is kind of a nickname you might use for someone who's your sister or a cousin. Oh, you see, so it's very educational because when I'm hanging around with Indian people, there are all sorts of different words they use and I'm thinking... I don't think they had that many sisters or aunties or whatever, <laughs> but I suppose it's a movable, flexible feast. It is, and I, th- that's one of the things um, about Indian culture, I think, that everybody's your auntie, everybody's your uncle, everybody's sister or cousin or brother, um, So, and families end up being extremely large. Various questions. So here's one from Janice Staines, a okay. listener. She wants to ask about how you developed character and storylines in the book to appeal to boys and girls equally. So the main character is a girl, but she has a friend who's a boy. She does, and I think that helps to uh, balance it out so that hopefully Milo will... you know, both. Hopefully both Anisha and Milo will appeal to boys and girls because Anisha isn't uh, what, what you might think of as a typical 
girl and Milo isn't a typical boy. She's not a shrinking violet. She's not at all. And she will stand up for what she thinks is right. Absolutely. And she's not into typical things. She read, you know, she reads well above her reading age. She is into science. She's into things that perhaps you wouldn't, you know, she's not into mermaids and unicorns, say. But equally, Milo is not what you would think of as being typically masculine whatever we might refer to as that. And also I think the fact that the mystery is the kind of core intention of theirs throughout the story. Hopefully everybody loves, you know, everyone loves a good mystery. We like to go along the journey and solve the clues with them. So Mark Vent was asking, did you think that you wanted to write a children's book and then it was a detective sort of a theme or was it, I want to write a detective book and then the children's side come or how how did that come about? Actually, I started writing what I thought was a children's book and it was only about a third of the way in. Somebody said to me, you realise you're writing a mystery story? And I kind of read it back and said, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. We would do. That's her surname. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's, got, she's got a niche of mystery. I've done my research. Sorry, anyway, so you thought you were writing a mystery book. Yeah, and then I realised, actually, because I, I am a mystery fan, I do like thrillers. I grew up watching things like Murder, She Wrote and Poirot and brilliant, brilliant. all of those sorts of core programmes that you watch with parents growing up. And I think those things influenced me uh, great deal and so when I was writing I I just automatically came out as a, there was a mystery to solve and then once I realised that's what I was writing then it was a bit easier to sort of develop the story. And what sort of detectives would you have read when you were young maybe? I think I probably read Nancy Drew, a little bit of uh, Famous Five, Secret Seven, those sorts of stories. Steve do you know who wrote Nancy Drew? Because, um, you see, you know everything, and I'm thinking maybe you no, don't know I don't, this. I don't, actually, no. Well, I could give you a clue. Carolyn McKee. Okay. They were all written, supposedly, by Carolyn McKee. Oh, were they? Okay. But uh, we don't know who the real writers are. No, they but were I, all just I, I, I did think it was did a it. kind of franchise title with, yeah, with sort was, of jobbing yeah. writers. Yeah. yeah. Well, you kind of did know I that. thought you were going to surprise me and say, actually, it all turns yeah. out it was Stephen King all along. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so what about um, Emile and the Detectives? I used to read that when I was young. Oh, yeah, by yeah, yeah. Eric. Kastner. I liked a bit of Tintin. Oh, yeah, Tintin, and, I suppose, um, right enough. You know, I tried the Hardy Boys, but I didn't really get on with it very well. In fact, when you think about it, I mean, there's, there's a sort of grand tradition of, of child detectives, mm-hmm. but there actually aren't that many when you start actually digging around. Well, they're good ones, the, so... The good ones, but the good ones are really good. Well, Alex Ryder, so we had Anthony yeah, yeah. Horowitz on, on the podcast. That's fairly recent, though, isn't it? Yeah, that is recent, but very good. And he's coming back as a, as, a, as a television series, maybe on Netflix, That's right, I can't, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, or Amazon. There was the one film. And Young Bond by Charlie Higson. That's pretty good. Again, yeah, very good. Very good. good. So, so, I mean, the, the tradition is still going. Yes. It's still, it's still rattling along. Of course, for me, the only junior detective has got to be the Scooby Gang, of course. Yes. Yeah. No, no one's better than the Scooby Gang, even though they all are eternally 20. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Freddie is still dressing like he's in the 60s. And he's still got his neck scarf and his flares. OK, Maisie Chan, she had a question. What came first, the character or the plot? I would say the character. I think when I started writing, I had this very clear image of a girl who was British Indian, was strong-minded, knew herself very well, and the rest sort of came afterwards, really. But she was always the starting point. Oh, that reminds me, Shirley Ghosh, she's got another one. She's writing for people a bit older than your readers, I think. Her book is Daughter of Kali, 
and that's urban fantasy but mystery and a bit of detection in their school. Ah. So people who like Anisha Accidental Detective, when they're a bit older, might like, or their older sisters or brothers might like, Shirley Gosha's Daughter of Callie. Absolutely. So the question we've got to ask, of course, is how much of Anisha is you? There is a little bit, I think. Just a little bit? I I think a little bit. Only a little bit. But my daughter is in there as well, Ah, I think, because she loves science and she is very strong-minded. So I would say probably more so of her than myself. I wish I had been as strong-minded as Anisha when I was that age. Which brings us to the end of part one of We'd Like a Word with Serena Patel. In part two, we'll be hearing about Serena herself and interesting things from her past. Um, We'll also be going behind the scenes of book promotion. See you in part two. (laughs) 